Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Anna Stephanie Burke. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest, your hermitage of the heart, your monastery of the mind where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints. And we have a very special saint uh, on with us today. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I guess she's a saint. She's a saint in the making. She's a saint in my heart. And I, right. She's also a dear I, friend. Listen, yeah. I'm, she's up there for me. I'm, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she came and visited and we caught her in the chapel levitating. To be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, we're, we're, we're blessed to have Kathleen Beckman on the show talking about blessed Conchita. So Stephanie's going to give us a little informal intro of Kathleen. So Kathleen Beckman is an author, evangelist, and retreat director. She co-founded an apostolate of intercessory prayer for priests, which is phenomenal. You can find that. You can find that at foundationforpriests.org and serves as the administrator of healing, deliverance, and exorcism in her diocese. You can find out more about all of her books, all the works that she does at kathleenbeckman.com. Um, and one more thing, she wrote an amazing book that is on sale right now for at Sophia Press called Family Guide to Spiritual Warfare. It's one of our go-tos. We always uh, carry it with us at all the events that we do. So our dear friend, Kathleen Beckman, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. So the book that you, the latest book that you've written uh, I was blessed. I don't like. I don't know why I got a, an early copy of the text, but I did, and uh, w- was really excited to see it coming out because it's it's something that's not um, been written on as extensively as I think it would be a blessing and benefit to the church. She's dear to my heart. Like Kathleen introduced me to her. Yeah, and it, it's just really been a love affair that's kind of in the making. Anything particular that moved you with with her? Um, I'm sure Kathleen will bring it up, but the, the one particular thing that really, um, has moved me that keeps coming back uh-huh. is that she was a very holy, uh, wife and mother. Mm. So that's a beautiful, how many kids did she have? Uh, Kathleen? Nine. She has, she has nine, nine children. children and so she didn't and, pray at all. Right. Kathleen, <laughs> right. And, and one, beautiful marriage, you know, one beautiful marriage and and she was devout you know she was a good mother she was a good wife uh, completely given over to the service of her family and her vocation as wife and mother and yet she would say my heart belongs to god alone mm. and it's just been very moving to me that she had this very holy um i would say saint john of the cross type of detachment from all of the world um, in a way that her heart was completely given over. And in that, she was an extraordinary wife and mother. So it's just a, a beautiful thing to me. I think it's a great example for all of us. So. All mom. So let's let Kathleen give us a little deeper introduction. Tell us a bit uh, about uh, Blessed Conchita. What is our? What should everyone know about her? Well, I think that one of the most intriguing things to me about Blessed Conchita is actually a word that came from the Vatican. And, um, and I want to share that with your listeners. 
um, the Vatican, this really caught my attention, was one of the reasons I was even interested in Blessed Conchita. And she is not someone that I had a lifelong devotion to. Um, I had heard of her through priests who were deeply moved by her mystical writings on ministerial priesthood. I, a, they, there's a book, Priests of Christ, that's very popular. Many clergy that we know and uh, have said that they read it daily. And so I was given that about 15 years ago when I had a prayer meeting in a rosary prayer meeting in my home and several priests would attend. So the priest really introduced me to her because of her. Well, she's the mother of a priest, but she has a profound understanding of the the uh, chief <laughs> priest, the eternal high priest. And uh, from the Lord, she learned and was taught uh, the beauty of the and the expectation of the Lord in the ministerial priesthood. So that's one facet of Blessed Conchita that attracted me. And then I'd read next, I came to know her through a Vatican statement in which they said, Concepcion Cabrera de Armeda, pardon my lack of, of Spanish accent, uh, known as Blessed Conchita, will one day become very important for the entire church. So she will one day become very important for the entire church. They wrote that statement, the Congregation for the Clergy, in a document um, that inspired the Foundation of Prayer for Priests. The, the document is titled uh, Eucharistic Adoration for the Sanctification of Priests. And th that's where they highlighted Blessed Conchita as a spiritual mother of priests. But they wrote that in 2007. And I really believe, mm. Dan and Stephanie, that this is the hour when she is becoming very important. I think her canonization is eminent. There are over 20 miracles in line that they're examining. Um, and so she, as a wife and a mother, she is a witness really to all states of life mm -hmm. for a woman. She was a fiance. She was engaged for nine years. She was married for 19 years. I mean, 17 years. She was uh, widowed for 34 years. And by special permission of the Pope at the time, she died a consecrated woman. Um, and so she lived all the vocations of woman. And because she lived at a time in Mexico City. She was born in 1862 and died in 1937. So she lived through the Mexican Revolution. She mm. lived through the Cristeros War. She understood and saw and lived, and her diary is filled with writings on the persecution of the church and the persecution of the priesthood. And she understood well what the priests were going through in that time. And we have all of this historical record because she wrote a what she called an account of conscience. And that account of conscience was really her spiritual diary. She wrote it only for her spiritual director. She never intended for it to become pu public, but she is such a prolific writer that her mystical writings outnumber that of St. Thomas Aquinas. Wow. And this is as a woman who is raising, who's married, and I mean, really involved in her marriage, like in her diary, what, it, what I love, she'll say, I will understand my husband's business because I want him to value my, my opinion. I want to know, have be somebody that he can share that business with. And so she was very attentive to each 
you know, vocation as a wife, as a mother. I think in writing the book and doing the research, what touched me, what challenged me most is that she challenged me to be much more aware uh, of the spiritual uh, life and the soul of my husband and my children, mm -hmm. and also uh, in the care of the souls of priests. So we're with Kathleen Beckman. The book is Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the Heart of Jesus. Kathleen, when, when you first started studying her life and first encounter her, encountered her, what struck you the most about her? Like what drew you in to want to know her more? What drew me in is that she was a witness to holiness in ordinary life in mm. the context of family. One of the things that I loved about her was that we, we, we know that saints like Conchita and the saints that, that we know and love and read about, they are in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. They have been captured completely. So he has captured their hearts and their imaginations, and they are, they are foremost um, in union with the Lord. What Conchita, what distinguishes her, I think, is that she wanted the Lord to, she wanted the Lord to be loved as much as possible. And she understood that she could not love the Lord as much as she wanted him to be loved. Therefore, she decided to make her gift of self to include her family. So she mm -hmm. prayed, Lord Jesus, I cannot love you enough on my own. So please give me a big family so that collectively we can love you more together. And so she at this gift of self that she gives to God, she's magnifying it by giving the gift of her family, wrapping up the whole family and saying, together, we will love you more, Lord. So I think that that really captivated me. She was, she had a dream, she calls it a dream, an experience of Jesus when she was six years old. And she, she, from that moment on, she said that I thirsted for something very big. And she understood that she was the object of God's heart and love and attention, and that he was engaging her. And she became completely in love with him. I quote in the book, the scripture of the widow's might, because what I love about the widow's might is that she's all in. She's she's going to give it all away. And Conchita is simple. And even though she was raised in a very wealthy family and understood what it was to go to these dances because it was expected of her, because of the, the, uh, the family that she was in, and she would go to dances and wear ball gowns and everything. Underneath, she would wear a hair shirt. So there's just so many facets to her that are fascinating. Hmm. Fascinating. <laughs> yes, I totally it's agree. A little, it's, it's a little overwhelming, right? And, and uh, when you, you consider how extraordinary she was. Are you thinking about where can you maybe, where do I you can, know where she can wear get a hair shirt? Where I can get a hair shirt that'll work under all modern clothes, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it was probably a little easier under uh, those big gowns from the, the she, past. She's That's a excuses. lot of fabric. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um yeah. So, so why, so as we, we're, we have about a minute to our break, but um, why don't we start to talk about why she's relevant for us 
um, today? You know, why, why this time? Why do you think that she's coming up to the fore right now? Because I think that's something very interesting when we consider um, this culture of death that, that seems to be at a screaming pitch right and now. It's always, it's always meaningful when saints emerge. Right. That's right? my, that's my point. It's well, just extraordinary. Yeah. Right? I mean, re, I've just been reading about uh, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. And she was canonized not too long ago and is emerging in our time. I think to call us back to prayer. So we get back from the break. We'll hear from Kathleen Beckman regarding her great book, Beautiful Holiness, A Spiritual Journey with Blessed Conchita to the Heart of Jesus, about why it is that Conchita, the Lord, is bringing her to the fore in our time. So we'll be right back. Hi, friends. We want to personally invite you to check out all of our upcoming retreats here at Avila. Head over to spiritualdirection.com forward slash events or click on the events tab on the top of spiritualdirection.com and sign up now for one of our powerful mini retreats, setting the captives free or into the deep or divine intimacy in marriage. Now with both live and online options, our mini retreats can be live streamed right into your living room or parish meeting room. Discover why these events sell out time and time again. That's spiritualdirection.com forward slash events register today. There is a growing need for well-formed, solid spiritual directors in the church today. The Avila Institute, in collaboration with Heart of Christ Spiritual Direction Program, offers a certificate in spiritual direction for those who feel called to accompany others in their journey towards God. The program is grounded in Ignatian and Carmelite spirituality based on a Catholic worldview and draws on the wisdom of the saints with an emphasis on biblical principles and the new evangelization. This program offers both online and on-site classes Discover more and apply today at avala-institute.org. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio. We're talking with our friend Kathleen Beckman. Whenever Kathleen speaks, everyone should listen. I'm taking fervent notes. Over Are you? Here. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I've never seen yeah, I'm like, notes. you know, but uh, you know what also moves me? What? So she, um, what was it here? She was... What was it about? Oh, that the Vatican wrote about her one day. Uh, she will become very important for the church. And that mm. was in 2007. Mm. That was the year that you were, you and I were married, mm. 7 7 of 07. Because yeah. I, you know, I don't know, sevens to me, dates, they become very important and I see them everywhere. The right. letter, the number seven is everywhere for me. So anytime it comes up, like it's like, you know, because we didn't plan that. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm just noting the uniqueness of her. Um, this idea that she's touched every part of the vocation uh, that you can, except for the, uh, except for being a priest. But she was, yeah. uh, she was a consecrated woman. She was yeah. married. She was yeah. engaged. You know, she was single. All these wonderful things. So I just. I'm just very intrigued by her. So, so Dan mentioned uh, before we went on a break about how priests, how priests, how saints come up, they're brought to the fore at a time when they're needed. You know, yeah. the Lord's in everything. All things are grace. And that Elizabeth of the Trinity was recently um, brought to sainthood, you know, for the sake of a renewal of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so what about Conchita? Why is she relevant? Why is the Lord bringing her to the fore right now? I think she is a witness to 
the universal call to holiness. And, you know, the title Beautiful Holiness, a lot of people think that I'm referring to Conchita, but I'm really referring to the Lord's beautiful holiness, because we can only magnify the holiness and beauty of the Lord. And he's the beautiful one. And holiness is attractive. And I think that her witness is to the universal call to holiness in all vocations. And I think because she was a wife and a mother and a grandmother and a widow, and here she, the fruitfulness of all those vocations, you know, you always want to measure uh, the, the, your prayer life, your relationship with the Lord, your service by fruitfulness, because fruitfulness is important to God, right? He wants good fruit. And that's how we know that this is an anointed work or that God's hand is upon you. He'll bring forth fruitfulness. Well, here is a wife and a mother living an ordinary life in San Luis Potosi, which is about 250 miles south of Mexico City. And what is she doing? Well, she is she's sanctifying, helping to sanctify and care for the souls of her loved ones. But she goes far beyond that. She's involved in the community. She wants to have everything that's happening to her inside of her, all these mystical graces. She receives locutions, visions. She's running it by her spiritual director. She had always had a pre-spiritual director, some of whom were, were bishops. One of her speech, her spiritual directors was Archbishop Luis Martinez. Oh, yeah. Author of my favorite book on the Holy Spirit, The Sanctifier. So mm -hmm. Three of her spiritual directors have their cause open for canonization. Wow. That's wow. fascinating. Three of her spiritual directors. So she never, she made her first spiritual exercises in uh, when she was about 30 years old. And so, and she made them every single year. And wow. so she relied completely on the priest who formed her because she didn't have formal education, never took theology, but the Lord began to speak to her and teach her. And she immediately mm -hmm. ran to the church. So she's a daughter of the church. You know, she teaches us so much. First of all, that we're all called to holiness in an ordinary way, in our ordinary life, married, mother, widow, we're all called to holiness and holiness is beautiful. It's attractive. And that's the source of our joy with that intimacy. You, your apostolate does this so well, you know, in, in attracting people to the interior life. And so I approach her in the book as a spiritual mother, as a spiritual guide for the souls, because she will take you through the various stages of the interior life in a very simple way with great purity of heart. I think if there's time, I want to just share like, a little bit of her mystical writings, just so you see the depth of them. Can yeah. I share just a, yeah, a please. Funny, uh, prayers that it will give a flavor of her mystical writings? Jesus, I want to empty, we want to empty our life into you. We want to be able to pour all our tenderness into your heart. We want to be consumed by its fire as a holocaust of love for you. We will no longer hesitate to make any sacrifice. Give us, O oh Lord, that union with you that we so desire. Give us a love for you that is so pure, so holy, so devoid of self-love, so full of charity toward our neighbor, and so much your own, 
that we will only concern ourselves with pleasing you and consoling you. Amen. Mm-hmm. A simple but beautiful prayer. So her mystical writings are beautiful. And to completely um, answer your, your question, uh, Stephanie and Dan, I think that a hallmark of Blessed Conchita's spirituality is the cross. She had two mystical highlights of her life. And one was the vision of the cross. And I think that in today's world, we have to look and get back to the cross. Even St. Edith Stein said at the time when she was just before she was going to be uh, go to Auschwitz, she said, I believe that today there is a, a call to women to stand with Mary at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And I think Conchita is an echo of that, that we're called to the cross. And so she embraces the cross and there's a whole chapter on her vision of the cross. And so her spirituality could be summed up in love crucified. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, what strikes me about that um, as you're connecting her with that, with that quote from Edith Stein is that sin came through a woman and um, you know, the, the first Eve, and then we have the new Eve who restores all things. And I heard, you know, that the Lord restored, um, Eve through her and brought our savior, you know, Mm -hmm. brought, uh, who is our, you know, mediatrix of all grace. And, and it's just fascinating to me. And I, and I've often wondered the attack on women is so extreme. If you look out in the media and watch what's happening, um, I mean, there's darkness everywhere, but boy, there sure is an attack on women, women and their, um, their fertility, their womb, their motherhood, their femininity, all of that is just a constant, um, there's just a constant din chipping away at that to try to destroy it. Right. And I just think that, f- that femininity truly <coughs> restored femininity femininity truly uh restored in our lady and in our lord um it brings forth so much life it's it's just so needed absolutely i i I agree with you completely i think she is and i say this in the in my preface for the book that she is she's an antidote to any kind of spiritual mediocrity and to the culture of the world she is saying, no, let's look at God's plan for marriage and family and look at the fruitfulness that is there. And she was known for her joy. I mean, she she wrote her own jokes and had a joke book. So her home was <laughs> open. I love that about her. She would People would like to come to her home. And she was known to have a good cook. And she wrote a cookbook. And it's in the museum where she, so they loved to come to her home. So she had this gift of hospitality. And her children who were interviewed for, you know, by the Vatican officials were, were telling them that, you know, people would come to, to the house here and mom would be so lively in, in, uh, in talking with them. And, and she had this joke book and she would cook for them and she would really get to the point of caring for their souls. And so she had this wisdom that I think really she's a, she's a prophetic word of God. This is what the, what her, um, the investigators said, she's a prophetic word of God for this day and time. And I think the reason for that is that her mysticism is decidedly Marian. You know, I kept trying when I'm not an expert in Conchita, but I had an expert with me in writing the book, Father Domenico, who her 
for many years was in Rome and in charge of her cause. And so I had to sit at his feet for over two years. He happened to be uh, stationed uh, 10 minutes from my home at the diocesan house of prayer for wow. <laughs> and, and you know, and you know, now that he's been called to go moved because uh, he's in the order that that Conchita founded. She founded an order for priests, an order for nuns, and three orders for lay people. A lay That's woman. A lot of yeah. fruitfulness. Yeah, <laughs> supposedly know? in a time when uh, women were completely suppressed and had no rights and all of that. But what it shows is when a woman is holy, we also see this in Teresa of Avila in particular. When a woman is holy, there are no barriers to God using her, Amen. regardless yeah. of the cultural deficiencies. I just want to repeat that. She founded an order for priests, an order for women, right. and three lay orders. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And and had nine kids. You know, one thing, <laughs> as we end this show, now, before we end, I want to tell folks, we're going to have a second show, if you want to pop out to spiritualdirection.com YouTube page, and all of these interviews can be found there, of course, on EWTN and this will be on EWTN radio. We're grateful for EWTN and EWTN radio. But um, I want to ask you about, there's so many women, young women that listen to the show and that are we have in relationship. And so many find it hard to pray. Um, she, this woman had nine children and accomplished all of this and was holy enough to be become, a, a, essentially the church's declared her a saint and her being a blessed in terms of her holiness. It's just a matter of, the, the formal steps um, uh, for canonization, but what is she? What is her message to young women about the possibility of having a deep life of prayer and being prayerful when you have a bunch of little ones running around? Well, while she was uh, engaged and at, in fact, at the reception of her wedding, mm -hmm. she by that time had fallen in love with the Lord in the Eucharist, and so she asked her husband to please allow her to receive Holy Communion, to go to the Blessed Sacrament um, every day mm. and to not become jealous of God. And that promise was kept by her husband. Wow, mm. there you go. So there, so there, every day, in fact, she said there were times when her husband, what, uh, whom she called Poncho, she said he would, he would notice, you know, her behavior in the home and, and, and then encourage her. Why don't you go make a, a visit to the blessed sacrament? <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so we understand that, that, you know, but she, she made visits to the blessed sacrament, you know, communion at the time was not daily mass wasn't always available to her, but she would find the tabernacle. That's mm. beautiful. Awesome. That's beautiful. Well, um, so until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.